Welcome to Logistics Business Conversations, where we talk with key spokespeople in the logistics industry about topical issues. Hosted by Peter McLeod, editor of Logistics Business Magazine. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the latest edition of Logistics Business Conversations, which is brought to you today by High Robotics. My name is Peter McLeod. I'm the editor of Logistics Business Magazine, and it's my great honor to host today's podcast, which is called The Future of High-Density, High-Performance Solutions with High Robotics. Last week, I was honored to be invited to visit the warehouse of one of High Robotics customers, Fox Logistics, in Rotterdam, to witness the launch of Project Nexus, which is a suite of automated technologies designed to work together to bring efficiencies and cost savings to warehouse operations. To help steer me through these new products and services, I'm delighted to be joined by Damien Skinner, Country Manager of UK and Ireland for High Robotics EMEA. Hello, Damien, and thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning, Peter. So before we drill down to the specifics, can I start by asking you for an overview of Project Nexus, please? Yeah, so um, Project Nexus is a latest development of our ACR technology. Uh, ACR stands for Autonomous Cart Handling uh, Robots, where we have um, basically stretched the technology to create high density and high throughput um, systems. So we're not talking about a specific um, single item of technology. It's like a, um, a collection of technologies all working together. Um, so, so can we have a little talk around the solution? I, I notice you've, you've, you've bracketed sort of solutions into three, um, three sort of versions. You've got high pick systems one, two, and three, um, depending on the type of customer operations. So shall we, shall we start by maybe just uh, having a little look at those? Yeah, sure. So um, at High Robotics, our focus is on our ACR. And, and for those who don't know what an ACR is, think of it as like a roaming mini load crane. It's an autonomous robot that can roam around uh, an enclosed area with um, storage and retrieval for goods to person picking. And then what we do is then leverage that technology further for Hypix 1, 2 and 3. So with Hypic 1 is our, I'd say, most basic system at the moment, and that is um, uh, simple goods-to-person robots uh, up to uh, 5.2 metres for a, a, a fixed-mast robot or up to 10 metres for a telescopic robot um, where we can bring totes um, via a supplementary technology called a Hyport, getting five, up to 500 totes per hour um, per pair of high ports, um, bringing goods to person for, for picking and storage and retrieval. Then we have high pick system two, which is a combination of ACRs and more traditional AMRs, where in the same footprint we can handle uh, awkward goods or pallets or stillages um, to a, a multi-purpose workstation. And then we have our new high pick system three, which is using um, our ACR technology with a very fast moving um, complementary robot, which means we can then pick directly from that robot at much higher speeds than we would with more conventional conveyor based technologies. 
It was, uh, there was a lot of information to take on board there. And when I was at the uh, launch last week, uh, system one was described as flexible, system two as versatile, and system three as powerful. So I think really, you know, you, it sounds to me like um, you've got all bases covered there. And I think one of the um, things that particularly caught my eye was the density of storage. Now, sort of automated PIC systems have their, um, have their restrictions, generally speaking, but I think Kai has come around uh, uh, to these, to the, is, is looking at the challenge from a different angle. You've got a very interesting system where you can actually go five deep with your uh, cases. So it's, it's a very, very dense storage system. Can you just explain how that five deep works? Because we're not talking about gravity fed um, racking and we're not talking about powered racking. Um, so no, that's, that's the system that you use, please. That, that's right, Peter. We, what we've developed is basically a, a unique uh, unit load, a unique tote, which has features, interlocking features, so that we can store and retrieve uh, up to five deep, 30 kilo unit loads, um, and incredibly high density. Um, basically, the, the totes have zero distance between them. Uh, we call it chain technology. So that when we want to retrieve totes, we can pull the chain forward, um, finding the totes that we, we actually require. So the, the unit load, um, uh, the load handler, sorry, on the, on the robot itself has like a grappling hook so that we can then interface into the front, uh, front tote, pulling them forward to shuffle to the tote that we, we actually require. Right, so as the front case gets pulled uh, slightly downwards, it disengages from the one behind it, which, and then that one behind it now becomes the front tote. So that, that overcomes a lot of the challenges around, um, should we say, other com um, competitive uh, systems, for example, a cubic system such as Autostore or an Exotech system where they have limitations about where the, where the pick face is. Yeah, that, 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 that's it. I think the, the limitations with uh, some of the cubic stores that are on um, that on the market today, it's more about the access, accessibility of the, the totes uh, and the amount of digging that's required, therefore increasing the number of robots required to meet the throughput demand. Uh, with this solution that we've, uh, we've developed, it means that we can um, use the ACR technology um, to do the storage retrieval uh, and digging, limiting to the um, number of totes that we've got in storage in, in terms of the depth, um, and then using the, uh, like a fast companion robot to to do basically the legwork, so the higher throughput um, um, store uh, retrievals and presentations to to pickers. So, so what sort of customers would you suggest would be um, attracted to this sort of solution? You know, in terms of their type of business or the uh, sort of throughput they're looking to achieve. Yeah, so generally we're looking at markets um, in in e-commerce for um, for apparel. Um, many of the three PLs are interested in the uh, technology we have in offer, um, but it could be generally any application such as uh, electronic goods or. Um, or general general merchandising, for for example, but generally around the that the apparel and the e commerce markets. So so fast moving goods and um, e commerce would be a, would be a core uh, customer there. You've actually surprised me there by saying apparel as well, um, because I'm just thinking in in. Uh, 
cubes and blocks, but um, you're suggesting there's perhaps a, a, maybe a hanging garment um, capability yeah, here? Um, certainly for Hypix System 2, we could look at hanging garments and using uh, the, the larger AMR robots to use for a hanging garment presentation to pickers. But generally, when we're looking at apparel, we, if you think about uh, footwear or seasonality, using the, the storage depth for actually um, using to our advantage where we could use you know, summer stock could be stored during the winter and then you've got the, the skew churn as the, um, as the seasons change. Um, so you've got that, that flexibility there. You know, one of our, our key advantages is that flexibility uh, at high um, to allow us to um, store all manner of, uh, of skews um, over that operational period. Uh, a few years ago, I had a very interesting visit to a uh, shoe, an automated shoe warehouse, and um, the, the the technology there was was ideal because all you were dealing with was a box, uh, either a box for baby shoes, which was the smallest box, or a box for should we call them kinky boots, which was quite a big box, and. Yeah. Um, uh, that that's almost like the perfect customer, but um, nowadays, of course, you know we need to handle irregular shaped uh, objects as well. Do you do you have the flexibility within the system to uh, to do um, anything outside of the box? Shall we say? Yeah. So Hypix System Three is designed for a six fifty by four fifty um, footprint of, uh, of of unit load, giving us more units. Certainly not when it comes to shoes, as you you said there, Peter. So it gives us more um, fill per, per tote. You're on average six to, to eight shoe boxes per, uh, per tote. But when we, with then if we've got irregular shaped items or um, say awkwards or bulkies, then we can start looking at the, uh, the, the Hypix System 2 application where we can use the AMR to, um, to store on in stillages or cages or pallets and then present that to our operators for, for picking. Right, and um, your customers are going to be asking you from day one, what's the likely return on investment they can hope to achieve? Uh, it's a difficult answer, a difficult question to answer, I understand, but um, uh, you know, what sort of, um, what sort of enhancements, what sort of uh, productivity gains can you offer with your system to, to help them with their ROI? Yeah, so in, in terms of ROI, as you say, it's, it's quite uh, difficult to put one figure on it, but we're seeing ROIs anywhere between six months to um, to a couple of years. In terms of productivity, we're seeing you know, pick rates or presentation rates of you know, 250 totes per hour in terms of uh, picking efficiencies um, with our with our technologies. So really, the the amount of headcount that you would be looking for in a, in an operation would be greatly reduced compared to that of a a traditional manual solution. It's a question of doing the maths, isn't it? As it always is in these cases. And um, one of the things that came out from my uh, meeting with your colleagues in Rotterdam last week was um, the density of storage um, versus an Exatech system. In a comparable uh, installation, you'd have 26, 27 load carriers per square meter with an Exatech system. You'd have 33 load carriers per square meter with Autostore, and you could have up to 50 with high robotics. So you talk about headcount, and I'm talking back to you about uh, optimization of cubic meters in, in warehouse. And of course, with 
particularly around urban logistics, but uh, in, in all warehousing, where cost per square meter is now now uh, such a such a consideration, um, that's all already making a very very compelling argument. Yeah, I think it's it's worth remembering that the fact that we can go up to ten meters as well means that we get a really good use of the cube of the building. So there isn't lots of uh, air or space that's being being potentially wasted. Uh, I think with also the the fact that we are going you know, up to five deep means you've got that, that whole flexibility in terms of how you use that that store. So putting your slower movers towards the rear and the faster movers towards the front. Um, and also the fact that we're using the, the telescoping technology means that we're getting uh, the, the best of that, that building volume. Because as you say, the, the cost of uh, the cost of warehousing, certainly in the UK, is uh, an expensive business. Uh, a breaking news, and if this makes the edit, then uh, so be it. Uh, mm -hmm. Ten meters may not be your final uh, height target, shall we say? I understand that you're working on uh, on a system that can go a little bit more than that. So that sounds exciting. Yeah, that's right. At the, at the moment, we can achieve double deep storage, you know, traditional double deep storage, up to twelve meters. So if you consider that the majority of speculative builds in the UK and Europe are around 14 metres, uh, that means we're uh, really leveraging um, the storage density that we can uh, can achieve with our, our technology. And is there any special considerations required for installation at all? Yeah, so like most automated, uh, or automated systems, uh, the floor is absolutely crucial. Um, so we've developed um, our standard approach to floors with um, with consultants to make sure that our floors can be achieved uh, achieved in terms of flatness uh, and and relatively economic in terms of uh, how they're they're actually poured and built. Uh, and when it comes to the storage racking as well, we work with a um, a number of uh, European uh, rack suppliers who know our technology well and have developed standardised solutions for us. Right, so shelf, shelving off the shelf, so to speak. But that's it, we, we, we deal in terms of heights and, uh, and bays of racking. So it's, uh, it's quite an, a simple process of working with them, which is actually reducing cost and lead time as well. And, and navigation of the robots, robots, is there anything that needs to be sunk into the floor or um, put up on the racking to, to, to help it find its way? So our, our robots are, are all Wi-Fi driven in terms of how they are uh, controlled in terms of missions that they need to uh, achieve. We use a, a DM code uh, on the floor for which the robot's looking for, and we give them the sequence of DM codes on the floor to, for their routing. Upon the racking, we also have um, DM codes for uh, positioning, um, and really that's about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, is it a sort of a one-size-fits-all system, or can you tailor it to a customer's specific requirements? So it's it's, it's completely um, flexible and scalable as, a, as an overall solution, Peter. So one thing that we, we've seen a number of times with uh, customers in, in Europe is starting off very small, um, almost like a proof of concept, um, so that once the customer has then got used to their system, we can easily add racks or robots to that to meet their requirements for future growth. 
It, uh, so it's effectively a, a, a relatively modular system. It certainly looked that was the case when I was uh, watching it being demonstrated at Fox Logistics in Rotterdam. They had a, they had a, a, a pair of um, shelves with a single run down the middle, and you could easily see how additional uh, blocks could be uh, added to that to add, to add capacity um, that's, with a single it. robot picking on, on a, from both sides, from both faces. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. So, so once that software system is in place, uh, adding new robots once they're unpacked and stood up is a relatively straightforward process. Um, so we're talking uh, a number of weeks to bring uh, extra robots on board to actually uh, meet, meet the customer's future requirements. Aha, software, you say. Right. Now, uh, do you develop that yourself in-house or do you, do you uh, use a third-party provider to, to, to help you there? So Hi have our own um, software product called HiQ. Um, we can, it's quite a flexible um, solution in terms of software uh, in comparison to the, or, or to supplement the robots. And there we have a flexibility of when we integrate with uh, other software providers, such as our integration partners, it gives us, a, uh, gives us and them the flexibility of what they want to achieve with the, the overall solution. So we can start with a very basic robot control system where we are basically being told what to do all the way through to a uh, almost like a black box approach where we can have a, a function rich WCS provided by us. Right. And I understand there's like a, a cluster of software which, uh, which is available should, should, uh, should it be required from uh, sort of ERP through um, sort of warehouse execution system um, equipment scheduling system to um, help your help your little robotic guys find their way. Uh, that, that's it. So it, it all depends on that level of integration with our, mm -hmm. our customer, uh, whether that be through a third party integrator or the end user. Um, but that's um, that's all open for discussion with uh, with 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 them. And your road to market is generally through integrators. Yeah. So at the moment um, we work. Uh, about 90% of our business is through integration partners. And that way we can leverage you know, their experience and their, uh, their offerings in terms of software, um, knowledge of Im implementation and, uh, and also service and support. So in the long term, um, the, the end user gets the, a, a fully compliant working system. It's a very crowded market and a very exciting marketplace that you're working in. Um, and Obviously, the, the battlefront there is on the quality of the technology, but it's also on sales and service and backup. So what are high robotics credentials when it comes to customer support in Europe? So we have uh, hotline support for our software 24-7 on offer. Uh, we also have uh, hotline support for um, the resident engineers or uh, engineering teams that are, are, are part of our integration partner network. Uh, we've got an extensive uh, uh, spare store, which is based in Rotterdam. So all all projects have their uh, their spares located there. There are consumable spares provided for every solution that we that we implement, and we do uh, an extensive training program with our end users uh, and operating teams as well, so that those uh, initial uh, contact points to keep the system working are, uh, are well covered. So, so it's, all, it's all about the uptime and uh, 
Um, I, I, I understand uh, with, with certain systems, um, obviously safety is a, an issue when you've got uh, personnel entering a, um, a place where uh, robots uh, or robotic systems are operating. And there's, there's various ways to, um, to, to crack a nut when it comes to um, ensuring uh, workplace safety. Uh, one thing that caught my eye in Rotterdam was the, the high safety vest, uh, which I think was, uh, for me anyway, the first time I'd seen such a solution. Is that something you can uh, talk us through, Damien? Yeah, so uh, the, the concept here is that um, we, you, you mentioned about high uptime. Um, and unfortunately, not all systems are perfect. Uh, and sometimes there needs to be uh, an engineer intervention. Um, but the end user wants their system to, to, to uh, continue running. So the, the concept of the, the high um, uh, vest is that when we access the robot zone, the vest almost like acts as a force field around the operator so that the robots can continue running. But as they approach um, the, the operator with the vest on, the robots will slow down to a stop. So it means that the robots in the large robot zone can continue operating at their normal speed, but the engineer or operative in the zone can, can do their rectification work in a safe manner. Uh, the demonstration of that was very impressive. So the, the robots would operate inside an effectively an interlocked fence, uh, fenced off area. Um, the engineer would uh, need to put in the access code to enter that area. And as he approaches, um, or as a robot approaches the engineer, it, it slows or stops according to, to uh, the uh, distance to the engineer. Um, so that also enables, as you say, the, the entire operation to operate uh, at full speed, other than just about where the engineer is present. Uh, and the other thing that, um, talking about safety, that uh, impressed me was the um, connection to a fire alarm. So should a fire alarm be triggered within a warehouse, the robots will know where the fire lane is uh, uh, for uh, escape purposes and uh, make sure, ensure they're not actually cluttering that. So they'll be completely clear of that should any fire alarm be triggered. So um, these, these little touches, to me, make your system seem, um, you know, the technology there really caught my eye, I have to say. Yeah, I think, I think for me it's the simplicity of the solution. Um, one of the, the uh, things I, I personally really like, uh, was attracted to the, the, uh, the high technology, uh, is the fact that um, coming from a background in, in automated systems, there was always a question of, um, how a customer would go uh, from a manual background into an automated one and that acceptance of that operation. And the way I see the simplicity of, of the high solution is it's a great stepping stone from, from that manual solution into automation because it's very visual. You can see what's going on. You can see if there is uh, the uh, allocation of, of uh, goods to person stations you can see when robots are, are, are working or not. Um, so it's actually a, a really simple solution for, uh, for those customers looking for that first step into, into an automated field. And of course, the key part of any uh, warehouse with a, with a picking system is the, is the workstation. Um, where the uh, the pick station where the, where the goods are brought and uh, uh, collected for dispatch. Um, 
your high station solution uh, again caught my eye. Um, it seems to be very safe, uh, intuitive, and high throughput uh, solution. Yeah, so if we look at HyPIC System 1, where we're using high ports, these are almost like, a, if you can imagine, an automatic loader and unloader of, of totes from the robot. And here we can, we're, we're getting you know, high throughputs of uh, up to 500 presentations per hour per set of high ports. So for larger systems, these could be connected to a conveyor network, for example, across a number of, of workstations, meaning that um, SKUs can go across a number of workstations before they go back into in, into the high store. With Hypix System 3, using the companion robots, um, what we can do there is pick directly from those um, uh, from the robots in an enclosed safe space. Um, so there's no um, um, there's no real risk of of any injury or shear injury, for example, for uh, the operator with the, the robots themselves. Yes, the 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 high station appears to be a, a, a effectively a, a flat surface with a, a tote shaped hole in it, which is um, uh, it's it's protected by um, uh, light a light curtain. That's and correct. So yeah. so until until the tote is presented, the um, the picker can't get his fingers trapped, for example, when the toad is, is coming up through that hole with the goods inside. Um, and I also understood that, uh, and this is quite a challenge with any warehouse, uh, when we talk about bottlenecks, the system can operate up to the speed that a human can and beyond. So uh, the bottleneck is actually the speed at which a human can physically uh, pick from the totes. So so that that's, um, that, that's, a, that's a tremendous achievement. Yeah, so the key with any goods-to-person solution is not necessarily how the stock or the tote gets to the operator, it's what the operator does with that tote. So one of the capabilities we have at High is looking at how that pick station is arranged uh, and how many orders we can fulfil with the presentation of that, that tote. Basically increasing the hit rate, the probability of how many orders can I achieve from that tote that arrives um, on the robot or on the conveyor. The numbers, the numbers stack up. They look very impressive, um, and, and I have to say, um, you know, when we look at the system as a whole, uh, you've got um, ease of installation, relatively high, uh, relatively fast ROI. You've got uh, very dense storage to very good heights. Uh, you've got extreme levels of safety. Um, it's uh, it's a very very compelling argument, and I have to say, um, uh, you know, I do I do think it's uh, as I said uh, uh, from the start, it's it's caught my eye. I have to say, and you know, I've been doing this for quite a few years, and it's quite it's quite rare that something jumps out at me like that. You know, a hardened old <laughs> hardened old hack that I am. It's <laughs> it's great to hear, Peter. I th I think for for me, it is the yeah, the, the we've talked about it, the flexibility, the scalability, the fact it is so visual as well um, and so adaptable in terms of different solutions uh, and situations. Yeah, we've, um, if you look at, for example, in uh, apparel industries with, with peaks, um, having a large enough fleet uh, to cope with those, uh, those, uh, those peaks, um, yeah, we, we can adapt that solution to, to meet those demands. Um, whether it will be the number of retrievals that we make, 
or how many orders we have open on a, on a peak station, for example. Yeah. So yeah, I think we, we touch a lot of, um, we tick a lot of boxes when customers are looking for those, um, those selection criteria. Well, Damien, uh, the time has flown by in our conversation, uh, and I think we're, we're, we're crashing towards our uh, allocated 30-minute limit. Um, so I just want to say thank you very much for joining me today. It's been fascinating learning about high robotics and its technologies uh, today and last week in Rotterdam. Uh, and I wish you and the company all, all the best for the future. Many thanks, Peter. It's been a pleasure. Uh, so it just remains for me to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Look out for the next edition of Logistics Business Conversations wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.